Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. I am Jeff Figgs, the pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I'm your host this afternoon for the next hour. And I just invite you to call in at that number that was given to you, 303-690-3000. Of course, Calvary Live is the program where you, the listener, get to call in with your questions and your prayer request, so please grab one of those open lines and uh, grab it early in the show. You know that you can get through, and I uh, would love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and take you to the Word of the Lord. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number, and I want to welcome everyone who's listening on this Tuesday after Labor Day weekend, uh, the official um, end to summer, or the unofficial end to summer, I should say. Summer actually goes till the 21st of September, but uh, it ends the summer season, and we uh, are all back to work and school, and I pray that you had a great weekend, and uh, perhaps uh, you got a little bit of rest, uh, and just would like to uh, encourage you in the things of the Lord. So give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, call all open lines. Uh, there's another way for you to communicate a question or a prayer request, that's through a dedicated text line. And that's 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. Be careful when you're texting. And it is a 24-7 prayer line that you can text in a prayer request anytime in the prayer team at Calvary Church in Aurora, uh, where Grace FM originates, is going to be there to pray for you. And I think it's a wonderful resource. So 720-336-0897. And would love to just uh, be able to talk to you, take your questions, your prayer requests. This is your show. Um, it's so unique because we get to talk about the things of the Lord. And it's such an encouragement um, to be able to do that, to pray for you and with you. Uh, so we'd love for you to grab one of those open lines. You are listening on the 5th of September on this Tuesday after Labor Day uh, uh, along the Front Range. Grace FM, you're listening live, two stations 89.7, a powerful signal up in northern Colorado, where I am, uh, clear up into southern Wyoming, and then also clear to the Panhandle, Nebraska. So uh, also 101.7 in southern Colorado. Love for you to to give me a call. Always love to hear from you guys down in Colorado Springs area. Uh, got so many good memories and, and uh, ministry there where I began ministry, and good friends, and just appreciate you guys so much. Always love it when you call Love to to talk to you guys listening live, Radio by Grace, throughout the country. And uh, we would uh, have you call in, even though it's evening. I know it's a couple hours ahead, so give me a call. Those of you great Radio by Grace listening live today. And then online listeners from the four corners of the country, you too can call. And if you're listening overseas, sometimes we get international listeners. Welcome. So glad that you've joined us. And but anywhere in the United States, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. And then the text line, 720-336-0897. Do 
Just want to remind you that those of you listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, High Rock Radio and Living Water Radio, your week delayed just simply means that today's broadcast will be um, on your radio network a week from today. And uh, you can call and talk to me live, and then it will uh, be on the air next week as they broadcast a week delayed. So just want to remind you of that. So let's talk about the things of the Lord. There's a lot going on, and perhaps you got questions, maybe a Bible study you heard that you got a question on, or maybe you want to ask about what's our view as Christians and the things going on around the world uh, that are going on around us, or perhaps, uh, you know, just some things about Christian living I'd uh, love to talk to you. Got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines early because those lines can fill up quickly. And uh, so I'd love to be able to get to you uh, as this hour goes by very quickly. 303-690-3000. Again, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you this afternoon or evening, wherever you're at, and would love to talk to you. We're going to go to Kevin in Denver. Hi, Kevin. Hello. How, Hi, how Pastor. Are, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Look, Pastor, I was reading uh, the Old Testament this morning, uh, First Chronicles 21, and it begins by saying Satan decided to cause trouble for Israel by uh, making David take a census. And I was wondering why that was so bad, taking a census. I mean... Yeah. And, you know, you do read that, and then we also see the consequences of it, don't we? Uh, well, yeah, and... he, gave, he gave them... Uh, Three punishments. He had to choose one, I guess. And they weren't very good, were they? So no, they were. No, they weren't. <laughs> and and it says just for the sake of our readers, uh, you're reading the account in um, in First Chronicles in Second Samuel. It says again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, and He moved David against them to say, "Go number Israel and Judah." Uh, I, I believe that in the Chronicles account, does it say Satan moved him? Oh um, uh, yeah, so, well, I'm uh, my Bible is the contemporary English version, but yes. it starts out on First uh, Chronicles 21, yeah. and it says David decided to cause trouble. Yeah, and what happened in short was that uh, David decided to number the people, and you think about in the Book of Numbers, you know, they took a census, didn't they, at the beginning of the the forty year. Uh, wandering in the wilderness at the end. So you think, what was so bad about it? And even as you read, for example, in Second Samuel, it was Joab, uh, the captain of the army. Uh, he, he was like, you sure you want to do this, David? Um, and uh, he, he was trying to, uh, you know, um, get David to think about it. So David takes a census, and I think the bottom line was this, that David was trusting in how many men he had, because they took the census from Dan up north, the very northern part of the nation, to Beersheba, to count the people, that I may know the number of the people. He wasn't putting his trust in the Lord. He was putting his trust in his army. And it was in the Psalms, I believe Psalm 13 it might be, that David writes that some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we will trust in the Lord our God. So David, you see it with Joshua. Joshua, when he defeated the enemies, he was told that they were not to take the the chariots of the enemies, uh, hamstring the you know um, the horses, yeah, all that because the Lord wanted them to trust in Him, and the Lord had been faithful to David. You know, 
uh, his him and his mighty man, great warriors, to defeat the enemies around him. And David got prideful. And that's why the Lord dealt with David. And unfortunately, because he was the leader, it ended up trickling down into the people. And that's why uh, it's a couple of lessons there. Number one, I always tell our congregation that, listen, do not be uh, putting your confidence in bank accounts and, and your own abilities and stuff. Be thankful for that. It's a blessing from the Lord, but our confidence is in the Lord. And then second of all, as a church, I pray that as a church, Calvary Chapel, Greeley, that we never put our confidence in the number of people that we have coming, the budget we have, you know, all those different things, that our trust is in the Lord. And we're very grateful for what he has given to us and blessed us with. We're, we're, we're grateful that people give, but we need to put our trust in the Lord. And what oh. happens is, is so true, what Proverbs says that, you know, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. So David got very haughty. He got very prideful on that, and he knew that he had sinned, and he was looking for strength in, in his fighting men rather than in, um, in the Lord himself. Well, I'm glad you explained that, Pastor, because when I read it the first time, I just thought, well, what's so wrong with the census? But since yeah. you uh, answered me like he was disobedient and he trusted in himself instead of God, well, that yeah. explains it. Yeah, he was trusting that. Here's the interesting thing, just um, a little side note, Kevin, that when it came to the—you uh, the, the um, read about Passover and Jesus and that last week of Passover— there was a lot of people that were coming into the city of Jerusalem. And it was during that time that people were coming from all over. The city was packed out. Uh, and and the Romans wanted to take a census. It, Josephus, the Jewish historian, writes. And the religious leaders, they pleaded with the Romans, said, please don't, don't count us because of what had happened to David. So you know what they did? to get a good idea how many people were coming into Jerusalem because they, they wanted to have enough soldiers. They wanted to plan for that. If there's any kind of uprising, uh, that they counted the sheep that were being sacrificed. And Josephus writes that there was one year that there was, you know, uh, tens of thousands of sheep. I can't remember the exact number uh, of sheep that were sacrificed so they could get a good idea of how many people were coming into Jerusalem. You know, one sheep for a family of, uh, of you know, at the most 10, uh, at you know, around five, uh, they could get a good idea. But I think it was something like, if I remember, and don't hold me on this, but it was like one Passover that they sacrificed 250,000 sheep. Cool. So they, they figured that there was about close to a million and a half uh, people coming into Jerusalem during that time, a million to a million and a half. And that's that's interesting, kind of the link there. But the religious leader said, don't count us because of what had happened to David. So just a little historical account of Josephus, the Jewish historians, um, that took place in a little reading that I've done I thought you might find interesting. So Yeah, I, um, yeah. Well, I just want to thank you, Pastor, because I just couldn't figure that one out, but you explained yeah. it great. Thank you, Kevin. God bless okay. you. God bless you too, Pastor. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Jeff Fix of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you this afternoon answering your questions. You know, it's a really important lesson because I, I was like Kevin. I read that at first, and 
and thought, what well, was so bad that David taken a census because they did in the book of Numbers, but David was being prideful. And the second thing, too, is when a leader becomes prideful, it has ramifications for the rest of the congregation and a leader in the church, or uh, it just has negative effects. So it's so important that that we as leaders in our homes, listen, those of you who are leader in your homes, and those of you who are leaders in the church, we need to be humble before the Lord and be looking to Him and relying on Him. So some very important lessons that are there. Hey, got an open line. When somebody hangs up, uh, call. And um, and you know that there's an open line. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. And the text line, 720-336-0897. And so let's go to Ryan in Denver. Hi, Hi Ryan. how are you today? Good, Ryan. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Um, I got kind of a question. I've had this question since I was like eight years old. Um, so I know we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and everything, and, uh, and but I kind of always wanted to know if we're only supposed to pray to one God, how come I see people praying to Jesus? Well, a couple things that to understand that Jesus is God. There's only one God. There's one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The model that we have in the New Testament is they, they came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray, the disciples. And I find that interesting. They didn't say, teach us to work miracles or teach us to preach a powerful sermon. They said, teach us to pray. And I think the reason that they did that is because they saw the example of Jesus. Jesus was up on the mountain praying to his father. Uh, he, he had such a deep prayer life. But he says, this is how you pray, our Father in heaven, which was unique. Because one of the reasons that the religious leaders were so upset at Jesus is because he said, our Father. And now he's telling the disciples, this is how you pray, our Father. And, and to them, they reverence the name of God so much that how dare you call him Father, but Jesus is talking about relationship. So the model that we have really in Scripture is that we pray to the Father in Jesus' name in the direction of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But remember that Jesus is God. And there's been times where I've said, Jesus, please help me. Um, and uh, we have the model given to us. And to remember that Jesus has given us reconciliation to the Father. Uh, and that's such an incredible thing that we have the spirit of adoption, that we can cry out, Abba, Father, is what Romans 8 tells us and Galatians tells us. We don't have the spirit of fear. We have the spirit of adoption, which speaks of relationship. So we can go to our Father. That's such an incredible truth that we have in Scripture. Jesus dying for our sins so that we are forgiven of sin, have eternal life, and brings us into relationship or reconciliation with the Father that we can cry out, Abba, Father. So we pray to the Father in Jesus' name, in direction of the Holy Spirit. But there's been time where I said, Jesus, please help me. And, and I, I do the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I'm always wondering, oh, man, did I, I do praying to a false god? Like, I know God is like the one true God. <laughs> yeah, and you're not. You're not doing that. And, and um, you know, I've, I've even said, you know, Holy Spirit, please fill me. And, you know, Jesus makes intercession for us, the Scripture says, and the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. That's a pretty good 
that's a pretty good uh, intercessory team there, isn't it? And yeah. um, But just to think that we do have relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ, and that's why you see that model given in Scripture. But, you know, it isn't blasphemy when we say, Jesus, please help me, um, or, you know, Holy Spirit, fill me. But we do have that general rule or that general principle or model, I should say, as given to us to pray to the Father um, in the name of Jesus, in the direction of the Holy Spirit, then the whole Trinity is involved in their prayer life. Okay. 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 Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) You bet, and thank you for calling. Ryan, anytime you've got a question, give us a call. We're here to serve you. Awesome. I appreciate you. Have a great day. All right. 303-690-3000's calling number. Grab one of those open lines. We got two open lines, and we're going to continue with the phone calls, but grab one. Uh, maybe you got a question or you need prayer. Love to talk to you. Love to be able to um, encourage you any way that I can. And uh, and this is a great opportunity, a great show for you to be able to do that. Text line 720-336-0897 is that text line. So... Um, you know, if that's more convenient for you, uh, give us a text. Meantime, we're going to go to Matthew. Matthew? Yes. Hi, you're on. How are you? You're on Calvary. You're on Calvary Live. Enjoying your show very, very, very much. You bet. Um, Pastor Pastor Jeff, I have a question. My wife and I are busy filling out our will, and you know that that can uh, that can conjure a lot of. uh, deep introspection and reflection, some of the questions that they ask. Um, One of the questions happens to be uh, if we could indicate our preference uh, between burial versus cremation. And it just got me to thinking, um, more and more people, I'm 70, I'll be 70 in a couple of days, Uh, more and more people in my generation are mentioning that they have chosen uh, cremation over burial. And it just got me to thinking, um, while it's not my first choice, um, more of a traditional Christian, I guess, does the Christian church have a an official view about burial versus cremation, uh, Pastor Jeff? Well, some, some ch- churches do. I've had people call and ask that question. And they were told by a, a, a pastor or a priest that you shouldn't be cremated and um, it's bad news and put a lot of fear into them. The Bible doesn't say so. The Bible doesn't prohibit uh, being cremated. And, and you think about it, you think about all the Christians that, you know, were burnt at the stake. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and to put that fear into people... Uh, I always remind them that the Scripture says that it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. What's important is what you do before you die. So the cremation process just speeds up what burial does. And it really is a preference. If people got a conviction, they, they want to be buried, then you know you go with that conviction. But the Bible doesn't prohibit it. And you're bringing up a very important point. By the way, happy birthday for your 70th birthday oh, coming up. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, getting closer, you know. <laughs> yeah, it goes by fast, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. But I think I think a couple things. I think it's it's good for us to to make planning. I mean, we're all going to face death. I, I pray we get raptured. I really do. 
before, you know, my body wears out. Uh, I think we all pray that. But uh, it, it really helps the family in the mourning process to be able to know that wishes have been, um, you know, given, uh, you know, the affairs have been taken care of. Uh, you, you know, we've talked about that, my wife and I, that uh, we want to be able to do as much as possible with our family. And uh, sometimes, you know, things happen unexpectedly, but um, there's nothing that prohibits being cremated. And and here's the thing, is that cremation is a lot less expensive than burial. Burial is very expensive. And, yes, it is. you know, um, Matthew, yes, my, yes. my yes. mom passed away, went home to be with the Lord just a couple of months ago. And we went to, um, you know, a, a funeral home here in town that we've worked with and very helpful and, and very good. And we got the very minimum of, you know, just arrangements of um, cremation and the urn and already had a plot and it was, it was still expensive. So funeral costs are becoming more and more expensive where you can spend thousands upon thousands of dollars and to be able to get a plot and a burial plot in a casket, you're talking a lot of money. So some people um, just out of economics and because they don't have the funds, they, they choose cremation. The other thing too, those who say, well, you shouldn't be cremated, you know, kind of like your salvation is at mm-hmm. stake. There's nothing in the scripture that says that at all. Um, can you imagine going to heaven and you're there in heaven and, you know, in perfect beauty and glory. And then all of a sudden the Lord says, oh, sorry, your family decided to cremate you. You know, you can't <laughs> stay here. I mean, that's that's not the heart of scripture or our father. So always remember that it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. And when the resurrection does happen, when our bodies are going to be resurrected, he knows every cell, he knows every every bit of our bodies, because even the saints that have gone on before us, their bodies have decayed into the ground. So cremation just speeds up what uh, the, the um, natural processes of decay do um, as, you know, you're buried um, and it goes into the ground, it goes into the soil, it goes into the grass. Um, the Lord knows everything. He knows all those atoms. And and uh, I was doing some guest speaking this weekend, and mm-hmm. uh, and speaking about how he has preeminence over all creation, and he holds it all together. And he does. He, he holds the atom together. Um, he holds it all together. He knows where every cell is. He, he knows where it is. And it's hard for us to comprehend but he's an infinite God, and he'll be able to resurrect our bodies. And even as we put mom in the ground next to my dad, who was cremated, I know that one day that they will be resurrected uh, because they had faith in Jesus Christ, not because we did a particular burial, you know, the right way or wrong way or whatever. And again, if people have certain convictions, I'm not going to try to change those convictions, but I I don't think that we uh, need to... Uh, believe the scary things that are said and and things like that, um, that your salvation is at stake if you choose cremation, because the Bible says nothing of the sort. Um, Thank you, Uh, Pastor. One quick follow-up question. I I read where in Jewish tradition, um, they're vehemently opposed to cremation because they feel it is um, a a form of a violent ending to your 
earthly existence. Uh, I guess it just speaks to what you, you just got done explaining to me so well. Um, we don't, as Christians, we're, we don't follow that line. No, because, you know, Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 5, and people get very confused about this. Matter of fact, I think it's one of the number one questions that I get on the show here is what happens to me when I die? And we need to understand that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we take our last breath, close our eyes, we're immediately with the Lord. We're in the presence of the Lord. And you, you hear the jokes about pearly gates and Peter at a big desk with a big book. No, we're going to be with the Lord immediately in perfect glory and beauty, and and uh, it's just going to be incredible. And then our bodies are put into the ground. So um, I think um, the the true uh, Jewish tradition um, is to put the body in the ground within 24 hours. Um, yes, so, I believe that's right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, immediately. But when it comes to us, we know what the Scripture has to say, that our spirit goes to be with Jesus, and then one day our body is going to join our spirit at the sound of the trumpet at the rapture of the church, and we'll have those new heavenly bodies that will be given to us. So, uh, But the Scripture doesn't say we can't be cremated. Wonderful. As always, Pastor, you're a source of great comfort. Thank you for this show, and thank you for what you do. You bet. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000, which brings up a point which uh, I was talking with Matthew about. It's important what you do before you die. And if you're listening, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, give your life to him. He loves you. Jesus came and died for you. Um, when he went to the cross, um, he died for you specifically for your sins, that we might have eternal life as we recognize our need to be forgiven and to know that he is Lord and Savior because he conquered sin and death. He rose from the grave, and he's alive. And the invitation is always to come. Make that decision because tomorrow isn't promised to any of us. Um, and today is the day of salvation. So um, if you want to know more about the gospel, uh, you know, give us a call. Um, come to Christ. Give your heart to him. It's important you make that decision before your life comes to an end. And, and um, you know, and also for us who are Christians, because I know that a vast majority listening to this program, that you are Christians, to give the gospel to others. Um, to really um, seek out those who you love and care about, that you might want to give the, you know, the truth of the gospel to them. And I know some people um, may come against you or don't want to hear it. Just be led by the Spirit of God and keep praying for them. At least we can pray for people that, Lord, soften their hearts, take the blindfold away. Um, and let's just pray right now because we're getting ready to go to break. Lord, just Uh, all of us listening to loved ones that we have, that we would just be able to have those opportunities and the boldness to give them the gospel, our loved ones that we pray for, that we would, um, Lord, just take the blindness away and soften their hearts and open their eyes to you, your incredible redemptive work on the cross. And Lord, I pray for anyone who's listening right now that you've never made a decision for Jesus that you would right now, that you come to him because the invitation is always to come call out to him, and that you would say, Jesus, forgive me, and come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior, and 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 I believe in you as the Son of God who died for me in Jesus' name, 
And so, Father, maybe there's somebody that needs to hear that right now as we go to break. And I just pray that, that Lord, that we would stand true to the gospel um, and that we would never be ashamed of the gospel, but we would proclaim it um, to a world that needs to hear it so desperately in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we got an open line. We're going to go to the phone lines. You're going to hear the music here in just a little bit. So let me give you those numbers. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. It's the only break of the show, and we'll be right back on the other side of the break. God bless you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Fix with you from Calvary Chapel Greeley. Always a blessing to be with you, to pray with you, and to answer your questions. And I'm with you on this Tuesday after Labor Day, and I pray that you had a good summer and the uh, unofficial end to summer has come, and now we're in fall, and uh, it, you know we're heading to a beautiful time of the year here in Colorado. Uh, it's beautiful today. It's the best time of the year, September into October, uh, even though it could snow at any time. It, it had a little bit of snow up in the high peaks uh, here in northern Colorado, but um, usually it's very nice, beautiful. The trees are already starting to change the aspens, up in the high country in northern Colorado, and the elk are getting into their rut, and um, people like to come out and and see that, and uh, it's just a wonderful, beautiful time of the year. So pray that you're doing well where you're you're at, and love to be able to talk with you and um, just bless you any way that I can on this Tuesday. Uh, Welcome all those listening live on Grace FM and Radio by Grace. Uh, Give me a call or online. You're listening live, and just remind you, Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, and Living Water Radio, you are a week delayed. 303-690-3000 is that calling number. Let's go to Ryan in Greeley. Hi, Ryan. Hello. How are you? Hey, how's it? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Um, I've been a Christian my entire life, as long as I can remember. Um I was baptized a little bit older, but um, I've always struggled with reading the Word and not necessarily retaining what I'm reading, but what happens is I tend to get really um, excited and I feel like God's using me, and then I get really overwhelmed by it all, mm-hmm. and then I quit, and then I stop reading the Word. And then I go through a period of that, and then I'll go back into it again, and I get all excited again, and and it's just like this cycle, and I don't know how to dive into the Word daily and stay into it, and and I don't know what that means about like my salvation and my walk as a Christian. Well, just because you didn't read your Bible doesn't mean you're not saved. Does it? You know, I lost my salvation because I didn't read my Bible. You know, the last week or two weeks. So, you know, you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You come to him, ask for forgiveness. You are saved. Be secure in that, first of all. 
Because if you're mm-hmm. not, the enemy is going to come along and try to blow you out of the water. And he's going to take advantage of that. And he's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night. Because um, I've talked to many Christians throughout the years that say, well, you know, I don't think I'm a Christian anymore because I haven't read my Bible in the last month or six months. Reading your Bible doesn't save you, okay? So what saves you is faith. And and as you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you are saved. With that said, the Lord desires for you to read the Bible, his word. And what can happen is um, what you're experiencing is not unique. It can happen to Christians. They're excited about the Lord. They're being used of the Lord. They're growing. And then all of a sudden, they go through difficulties. Uh, They go through spiritual warfare. They go through a difficult time. And that's when we really need to be reading the Bible. That's when we really need to be just reading the Psalms, reading uh, His Word. And so I want to encourage you in that, to, to get in a daily routine of reading your Bible, because that's where uh, I know for me, and I'll speak for myself, um, I, I read my Bible every day, or, or most every day. I, I don't want to boast like every single day. That there's been a day or two um, in a month or in a year that I miss, but I, that's my routine before I do anything, before I go out of the house, is I spend time in my devotion. And I always tell my congregation, it's so important in your Christian growth to have that devotion time. I don't just read my Bible for study time. Uh, some pastors um, have admitted um, you know, that, hey, I only read my Bible for study time. We need to read our Bibles for devotions. And there's different ways to do that. We don't have to complicate it. And usually I read a psalm, so I would encourage you, read a psalm. The psalms bring comforts. Just read a psalm. Don't make it complicated. Don't think that you have to read your Bible for an hour or something. Just get used to reading you know, a chapter a day. Read your Bible. Spend some time with the Lord. Ask the Lord when you read your Bible, Lord, open up the Word to me. Speak to my heart, because it is God speaking to you. And and he will speak to you in those times of discouragement. That's when we really need to be built up. And and to to you know go through a book of the Bible. Um I I usually read a psalm, I try to read a Proverbs. Uh, you might I, I kinda go in different sections. Like I, I spent the summer going just through the four gospels, reading through the four gospels, or you might take the prison epistles. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon together, the general epistles. You know, there's different things you can do. Um, the historical books, I'm going to read First, Second Samuel, um, and then I'm going to read First, Second Kings and, and First and Second Chronicles. But just get into that routine of reading the Word, and the Word is alive, and it's going to start touching your heart, Ryan, and it's going to draw you to Him, and just pray, Lord, I, just, I want to read, and especially when you're discouraged because the Lord wants to speak to you. And he speaks primarily to you through the Word of God as you're reading it. And there's been so many times, oftentimes, and just I can say daily that he speaks to my heart, um, even when I have decisions to make, that he'll show me things. He'll speak to me. He grows me. It's the Word. Be in the Word of God. And I just want to encourage you that, Ryan, and so just say, okay, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a psalm, or I'm going to read through a chapter of the Gospels every day, and then, you know, let me know how it's going. 
in, in a couple weeks, uh, in three weeks. And don't let the enemy discourage you because he is the accuser of the brethren. And we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of testimony. And, you know, Jesus was able to, you know, defeat the temptations of the enemy through what? The word of God. So the word of God is mm-hmm. going to give you wisdom. The word of God is going to bring you comfort. And we need the word of God so desperately in our lives. And I think that there's a lot of Christians, and I don't say this condemningly. I say this just honestly, and um, that the, their their walk is very mundane or, or very routine um, or very dull or very weak because they haven't learned to really have a devotion time. And sometimes they think, where do I start with the devotion? How complicated do I need to make it? Don't make it complicated. Just read your Bible. I don't make my devotion time complicated. I just, Lord, this is what's on my heart. And Lord, here are my desires and my supplications. And I I pray for my family. And Lord, you pray with thanksgiving. And then, Lord, I'm just going to read your word, what the Lord puts on my heart. And I constantly in the, in the Psalms or I read a Proverbs, you know, because there's 31 Proverbs and you can read one a month. And, you know, to read even if you miss a day or a morning, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. Uh, it just means you missed out on hearing from the Lord. But maybe before you go to bed, you know, Lord, hey, I missed my devotion this morning. Um, he's so, you know, patient with us and merciful. But you'll get to the point, I I tell you, Ryan, when you do that, of I don't have to, but I want to. Mm. I I don't got to, but I get to. And there's a big difference in that. I get to read the Word. I get the Lord to to speak to me today in his, His voice. And we need the Word of God to give us that wisdom and comfort and truth uh, because we hear the voices of the world all around us all day long. So I just want to encourage you. I want to pray for you. Just, hey, take some time every day, and everyone who's listening, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read the Word of God. Have a Bible with you, and, uh, you know, mark it. And some people, they they get very in-depth in their Bible study. I think it's great. They'll, They'll have commentaries. They'll have a concordance, whatever it is. But simply what I do, because I do study so much during the week for services and teachings, is I love just to read the Bible, just open it up and allow the Lord to speak to me, and He will. He will speak to you. What do you do? What do you do when you feel like I feel like um, God opens up the floodgates in a sense, and I just feel overwhelmed by opportunities, you know, to share the gospel or to pray for people, uh, and I just get overwhelmed and like I can't handle it, you know, anymore. Um, and then I quit. I shut down. Yeah, and that can happen because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I want to give you a verse that I think will be helpful to you that I try to remember because, you know, there are a lot of people to pray for. Uh, There's a lot of people to give the gospel to, and we can get overwhelmed with that. And we think, Lord, you know, I failed in this. I, I, I forgot to pray about them. Or when we do get overwhelmed, you react like a lot of people do, and you shut down. But I want to read to you, and you probably know this verse, that Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
and take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes we put on burdens that we're not supposed to. You know, we yoke ourselves to, you know, everybody's expectations are our unrealistic expectations. You yoke yourself to him because his yoke is easy. And he says, my burden is light. And whatever that he would have you to do, and you see, that's the, the wonderful thing about having a devotion time, is that he'll guide you. He'll speak to you. Um, you'll get your marching orders of the day. Um, you'll just get guidance in it. And we put on his, you know, you know, he takes, we take his burden and we put on his yoke. His yoke is easy. But if I begin to put on all the yoke of everybody else's expectations or my own heavy expectations, it's hard and it's difficult. And you begin to shut down just moment by moment, day by day. And there's been a lot of times where the Lord says, you know, and it's just almost daily that he says, come back and see me tomorrow. I got more that I want to share with you. And as I am waiting for him, as I give my requests, as I'm seeking direction, um, it's just this wonderful relationship that we have with him as he speaks to our hearts, come back tomorrow. I want to talk to you. I want to see you tomorrow. And know this, it's a loving father that invites you to do that because he wants to speak to you, Brian. He, he wants you not to be overwhelmed but he wants to give you everything that you need to be able to minister for the day and the moment that you're in and um, not to put too much heavy expectation on yourself. Mm, okay. Can can I pray for you? Yeah, thank you. Father, I pray for Ryan. I pray for my brother, and he's just being honest. And you know that um, that we can struggle in those things, and we can put on... Um, heavy expectations or we can give in to um, the the accuser or the brethren, whatever it might be. But Lord, you're very compassionate and merciful. And you desire for us to come to you and to guide us. And I just pray that for Ryan, that you help him just to take your yoke because it's easy and your burden is light. And we can put heavy burdens on ourselves in the world. And Lord, that he can look to you and that you would speak to his heart and that he would just really enjoy reading your word as he gets wisdom and insight and understanding and because your word is alive, it's powerful. And Lord, just grow him in his faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You would grow him in his love for you because as we get to know you more, we'll love you. And you would bring him to the place of not that I have to, but Lord, I get to, I get to come to you and read the word. And so Lord, do that work in his heart. And it's in Jesus name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. You bet, Ryan. God bless you. You too. You bet. 303-690-3000 is that call in number. Read your Bible every single day and just read it. Just read it. Don't make it a complicated thing. Don't, you know, you can have goals and stuff, and that's great and wonderful. But I just love opening up the Bible and and constantly in the Psalms, the Proverbs, um, you know, just just learning of the Lord. There's there's so much that is there truth to be given, and it's alive, and it'll touch your heart and and just grow your faith. and And so I want to encourage you in that. 
um, have that devotion time with the Lord. Um, I believe we got uh, an open line, so 303-690-3000, text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jason in Denver. Hello. Hey, Jason, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, uh, just real quick, I'm running out of time, but I uh, I live, I rent from a lady, I rent her basement out. Her name's Janet, she's a very, very great Christian woman, elderly woman, uh, just a total, like, miracle, because my last place, I was in some deep trouble, trying to find a new place in time, I was running from the worst guy. Anyways, this lady was a true godsend, and now she's going through some medical problems. She might have cancer on her face, and she's waiting to hear. And uh, yesterday she called me from upstairs to tell me that her and her prayer group pray for me at times. So I thought I'd throw one in for her and see if you guys could say a prayer for her. <laughs> she is a blessing. You know, doesn't that she encourage is. you when somebody says I'm, we're praying or our group is praying for you? <laughs> it mean, was out of the blue, too. God caught me off guard. You know, I just that's that's just such a blessing when somebody says to me, "We're praying for you, Pastor Jeff. We're praying for your family. We're praying for your church." It's such an encouragement. So we are going to pray for her. Do you mind giving her name is Janet? Janet, yeah. Oh, Father, we pray for Janet. What a sounds like a special, special godly woman to 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 come into, um, you know, Jason's life and to give him a place and. Then pray for him. Um, what an incredible landlord! And it reminds me of of what the scripture says: how we are to um, just be around and relate to others, and with compassion and tender heartedness. And uh, she certainly is that. But Lord, she may have cancer, and um, as she goes through the test, they they would be able to really determine what's going on. But Lord, we also know that you're a God that heals. So we ask through Jesus' name that you would just bring healing to her, strength to her. Um, If you choose medical means to bring healing, that you would do that. But you would encourage her and bless her in every way. I pray that um, Jason would be able to just be an encouragement to her. And as he now prays for her, we just lift her up to you. We pray for your hand to be upon her um, in every way and physically. And Lord, give her her strength and just a peace in her heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, man. You bet, Jason. God bless you. Appreciate it. God bless you guys. Thanks. Mm-hmm. 8-303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Grab it. Uh, we got a couple open lines. Text line 720-336-0897. We're going to go south here to Greeley in Well County in Platteville. Leon. Hi, Leon. Hey, Jeff. How are Hi. you? I'm good. Can you hear me? Uh, yep, I can. Good, Thanks good. For... I'm driving down down to Broomfield. Um, okay. Hey, I have a quick question about all millennialism. I've mm-hmm. never really uh, encountered anyone with that belief, and I wanted to know a little bit more about that so that I can um, communicate with with them um, my beliefs uh, yeah. of a pre-trib, um, you know, Tribulation yeah. and and a, and a literal thousand year reign of, yeah. of yeah. millennial reign. Yep. And um, awe, awe in the Bible, and you know, Leon, it's it it is unfortunate, but I think in some circles of Christianity, that all millennialism is growing, um, and it's a belief. And awe means no millennium. 
So there are those who believe that there will not be a thousand-year reign, as the Bible says. Um, of course, we hold the view at Calvary Chapel, pre-tribulation, pre-millennial. Um, that is that we believe that there's going to be a rapture of the church. The church is going to be taken out before the tribulation period. And it, that seven-year period, uh, that's more formally called Daniel's 70th week, um, will take place at the end of the tribulation period. Is the second coming of Jesus Christ, and we're going to come back with him. And then he's going to usher in his kingdom. Uh, he's going to establish his kingdom. Um, uh, the, you can read, there, there's, here's the thing uh, that I don't understand, those who are in all millennialism. There are hundreds of verses in the Bible that speak about the millennium reign. And uh, you got uh, Isaiah, you got Jeremiah, you have Ezekiel. Ezekiel, the end of Ezekiel, goes through all those chapters from chapters 40 through 48 that speak of the millennial temple. There's all these promises that are given, the restoration of Israel, the the Lord's going to establish his kingdom. Uh, we know that the disciples were looking for that when Jesus, before he ascended up in heaven. Um, it seems pretty clear to me that there's going to be a millennium reign. Um, there's nothing that... Uh, to me, that suggests that it's going to be an allegory. There's great description that is given, uh, that the desert's going to bloom. There's going to be, um, you know, the Lord ruling from Jerusalem. Uh, he's going to rule uh, in in righteousness. Righteousness will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. Um, all those verses, and to be, you know, saying that there is no millennium period, you have to really dismiss Many, many verses of the Old Testament and even of the New Testament, the end of the book of Revelation, that speaks of the millennium reign, uh, a thousand-year reign. So if we say that that's just an allegory or it's not really going to happen, then you know, then can we believe any of it, the end-time scenario? So um, you know, I take the Bible literally um, that this is a promise throughout Scripture that is given to us and the thing to remember is is that there are many promises or many pro, uh, prophecies concerning Jesus' first coming that um, that you know uh, um, that was fulfilled by Jesus. Was any of them you know an allegory? No, they were fulfilled every dot and tittle. Jesus said that every dot and tittle will be fulfilled. My word will not pass away. And when it comes to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the day of the Lord which includes the tribulation period and the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, I take it literally. I mean, um, that, yeah, he's going to come and rule and reign for a thousand years. We're going to rule and reign with him. And there's so many verses in the Bible that speak about it. Um, so unfortunately, there are those with all millennium, you know, views that there is no millennium reign. And, um, you know, that even that, there, you know, that the heavens and earth are not going to dissolve at the end of the millennium period, that the earth is just going to be renewed. Um, I, I don't see that either. Peter writes about a fervent heat, that the world's going to go up in a huge, you know, uh, fervent heat and dissolve. Revelation chapter 20, there was no place for the, the earth and the heavens uh, when the great white throne judgment happens. So I think it's very clear that there's going to be a millennium reign. So, so their viewpoint: no rapture, no, no second coming, um, no tribulation period either. It's all just a metaphor. Yeah, there's some that hold that, and you know, there's different views and different groups. Um, uh, 
you know, there there's even a growing trend of not believing in the rapture of the church. Uh, matter of fact, I've had uh, a, a few pastors, um, you know, over the last couple of years, just one or two, that called and said, our, our church or our denomination doesn't want us to teach about the rapture of the church or the book of Revelation or speak about the millennium reign. And they said, what do we do? And I just said, teach on the rapture of the church, the, the book of Revelation, because it is the part of the canon of Scripture, and, you know, the coming of Christ. That, that's all throughout the Scriptures. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's important for us to know. So, unfortunately, um, there's a dismiss of those things. There is no rapture of the church. People say the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, it's in the Latin Bible. Um, yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, that word harpazo, uh, caught up is the Latin word rapturus, where we get our English word rapture, a sudden taking. It's a clear doctrine that's given to us. So when we start messing with the scripture, this is allegory or this is just symbolic, that kind of uh, interpretation, I think you get yourself in a lot of trouble. It's the same thing with replacement theology. God made a, a promise to Israel um, that, you know, he'll restore Israel. Uh, and um, that's part of. You know, people say, why is there a millennium reign? Because he gave a promise to Abraham, uh, the Abrahamic covenant. He gave a promise to David, right? That, David, you're not going to build the temple. Um, Your son Solomon is, but I'm going to build you a temple. And I'm going to sit upon the throne of David. The promise was given to him. The Messiah is going to come through your line and sit on your throne forever. The, The, you know, David's covenant, the promise given to him. So is God going to dismiss those those promises given and those covenants given? No, he's not. He's going to restore Israel. Uh, he's going to usher in his kingdom, and we're, we get to rule and reign with him. It's going to be an incredible time. So um, it's unfortunate that there's a dismissing. And part of it comes with now kingdom, now theology, new apostolic reformation you know, theology that becomes popular, that the church is going to grow and grow and grow and become this this powerful thing, and we're going to go into the hospitals and heal everybody, and then we're going to usher in this this second coming. The Bible doesn't speak of that at all. The Bible speaks about that there's going to be great tribulation that's going to happen before Jesus Christ comes, and and the book of Revelation explains that in details of those seven years, what's going to take place, and then um, he's going to come back and establish his kingdom. So, um, you know, some of that doctrine just does not line up with what the Scripture says whatsoever. I, I Personally, I don't understand how people can get into those doctrines of, you know, the churches, the super prophets and apostles and all of that, when the Bible does not speak of that. The Bible does say that there's going to be a false, um, you know, prophet that will come on the scene and an Antichrist that will come on the scene that will be a world leader that will lead the world into deception and into to great tribulation um, as the man of sin uh, will proclaim himself as God in the temple of God to be worshipped as God. That's what I'm reading. Uh, not that the church is going to you know just take over the world and then usher in the second coming. Right, right. Well, thank you, Jeff. That clears up a lot for me. Um, um, yeah, the, the reason why I ask is because I wanted to do a Bible study at church. And uh, I talked to one of the pastors there, and he said, "Well, what book do you want to what, what book do you want to study?" And I said, "Well, I want to do Revelation." And 
he immediately said, well, you're probably going to run into some opposition there. And I was like, uh, why? Um, it's a book of the Bible. It's, yeah. you know. And he said, well, what's your stance on it? And I said, well, I'm pre-trip, you know, um, yeah. tribulation, you know, millennialist. And, um, and then he yeah. said that he was an all-millennialist. And so now I'm questioning, am I, I'm, I'm not in the right church. Right. Yeah. So, and you're you're going to um, have they, to seek they, the Lord on that. On, yeah. Yeah. You're um, really going to have to seek why the Lord. The Lord's been putting it on my heart to, to so that well, I could ask. Him. Well, we're going to study the Book of Revelation because there's a special promise. That matter of fact, when I came to Greeley 28 years ago, the very first book that we studied was the Book of Revelation, and there's a special promise to those who read these words, hear these words, and keep these words. And um, and I tell you, it's an incredible book, and it's unfortunate that it's being dismissed more and more. So, you know, you want to be in a church that's going to teach you the whole counsel of God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. So, hey, we're getting ready to end, Leon. God bless you. I appreciate your call, and hopefully it was a help to you, and, and, um, and the Lord's going to guide you where you should be. And so thank you, everybody. You hear the music. If you didn't get through... Um, you know, try again, Calvary Live, uh, as it's on the same time during the week. And God bless you. Have a great, great evening. Keep reading your Bibles. Uh, keep close to the Lord. Keep and keep looking to the Lord, um, because the Lord's coming back soon. We don't know the day or the hour, uh, but keep your eyes on the things above. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.